I'm Mallory King, certified trainer and sports nutritionist and creator of the Fit Life Academy brand. After losing 100 pounds, I became obsessed with helping women finally reach their goals through evidence-backed nutrition and brain-based tools. My life's mission is helping you discover that creating food freedom and falling in love with fitness are the greatest acts of self-care. I'm so glad you're tuning in today, and I know you're ready to say yes to your new life of joy, pleasure, and peace. So let's begin. Hello, my beautiful fit friends. I'm having a wonderful day. I just got back from the gym and usually I would lift on, to, like today in my routine, I would lift, but I got to the gym and I was like, you know, I'm really not feeling a lift today. I'm pretty sore. I've been crushing these strength workouts, but man, I am ready for a day off. So I decided to go on a run instead, which I often don't choose running as my form of exercise because I really don't enjoy it that much. I mean, I certainly appreciate the runner's high that you start to get from running. And obviously like, for cardiovascular health and overall health, I'm going to pay attention to my cardio exercise sometimes, but it's not something that I usually choose first, but today I just wanted to do something different. And I think it's such an important reminder that that's what fitness is about. It's about moving your body and showing up for yourself to love, respect, and care for yourself. But it doesn't have to be this militant structure that you follow in your workouts. If you're following a program, if you're a part of Fit Life Academy, this is something that we talk about all the time. And we have so many different workouts to choose from because we have our strength workouts, but we also have run guides. We have hit cardio workouts. We have mobility flows. We have so many different options to choose from. And that's really a testament to our belief that fitness and exercise should be something that's just about showing up for your body and having a good time. So it, it doesn't have to be this specific structure, the specific workout you do, but something that just feels really good or sounds really good in the moment. And for some reason, I felt like running today and it certainly did feel really good. So here we are after the beautiful run and the runner's high that I got, and we are going to talk about a topic today that isn't necessarily directly involved with the fitness and nutrition topics that we tend to discuss on this podcast, but what we are talking about today has such a big impact on your life and your well-being. So that's why we're going to talk about it today. And what we're discussing is actually from a book that I recently read and fell in love with. It is called Break the Good Girl Myth. And the author's name is Maiho Mulfuno. Maiho Mulfuno. I hope I didn't butcher that. I feel like I might have, but um, Break the Good Girl Myth. It was, wow, like there were so many moments in this book that I was thinking this is changing my life right now, just reading this, just having the awareness of the good girl myth that the author talks about in this book. And essentially the book is about the conditioning that women and other genders aside from men face in this patriarchal world that we live in, where men are given a privilege, an opportunity over women or other genders, right? So what is a good girl? Let's start with that. So a good girl is this universal archetype 
created by the patriarchy. And again, the patriarchy is, is, this is a system that we live in that privileges men over women and other genders. So a good girl is a mask, a mask that many of us women wear. And we develop this mask so that we're able to better fit in to this patriarchy. But the problem with this mask is, is that it's it's disempowering to us. It is not our true self and our true identity. It is just a conditioning, a programming that we have been trained and, and given to become this good girl that can assimilate into the patriarchy and the society that we live in. So what I wanted to do today was I wanted to discuss the four, I believe there's four, no, there's five, the five myths, the five good girl myths that this book talks about because I wanted to talk about this just to bring awareness to it. Like I said, when I was reading the book, it was just so many moments of like aha moments that were that were so powerful of just having this knowledge and, and just having this awareness of my conditioning, my good girl conditioning. I've seen such a tremendous impact in my life from just having that awareness and just really being able to be conscious about the decisions I'm making. And if I'm making them because they're true to who I am and my identity, and it's, it's something that I want and desire, or is this from my conditioning? And conditioning is something that we have discussed a lot on this podcast. It's a really, I think, a really important thing for us women, especially to better understand, because it shows up a lot when we talk about our relationship with food, when we talk about our relationship with our body, just the way in which we navigate this world is so dependent on the conditioning that we were received that we have from our childhood, our upbringing, and the life that we've lived. So let's get into these five good girl myths, and hopefully this blows your mind as much as it did mine. So the very first good girl myth is called the good girl myth of rules. So what that means is that you probably can recognize certain rules obviously laws, but any external rule that you follow that doesn't necessarily align with your own desires or your own needs and opinions. So again, knowing these myths is what is so powerful for being able to recognize, starting to like recognize what is it that I truly want? What is it that I truly desire? What is it that I truly believe in? And we've talked about belief systems on this podcast when we talked about the identity work. And this, I think this good girl conditioning is such an incredible supplement to the identity work that we've been focusing on in this podcast, as well as the identity work that we do in Fit Life Academy. Because when you identify as somebody that is a good girl, when you identify as somebody that is a fat girl, when you identify as somebody that's lazy, a failure, has low self-esteem, doesn't have self-discipline, whatever it is that's in your identity that is a limiting belief about yourself, it is holding you back from living your highest and truest self. It is holding you back from being successful in the goals that you are trying to achieve. It is causing self-sabotage. So again, that's why it's so important to have this awareness of these, these myths that us good girls have within our conditioning. 
So the second good girl myth is the good girl myth of perfection. This is one that holy moly. Actually, before we move to this one and I give you this example, I want to give an example on the good girl myth of rules. So like we said, good girl myth of rules is all about we tend to follow external rules instead of following our own hearts, desires, needs, and opinions. And how this shows up a lot in the nutrition and fitness world is a lot of us women think that we need to follow specific diet rules to be healthy or to look that specific body type that is put on a pedestal in this patriarchy. So we believe that any rules that we hear on the internet or from our caregivers, we believe these certain nutrition rules. So whether it is seeing your mom dieting for your whole childhood and she was always restricting carbohydrates. She was always doing a low carb diet. It, she was on Atkins or she cut out sugar completely or she did keto. So this rule that you have been conditioned to believe is that carbohydrates are bad and that you should avoid carbohydrates. But that's not true. And I think that's what's so powerful about just having this awareness of your programming is you can start to poke holes in the beliefs that you have. And you can start to recognize maybe this isn't the truth. Because I can tell you, if you have the belief or if you have this rule that you follow that carbohydrates are bad and that you should avoid them and that the keto diet is the answer to your to good health, I can promise you that that is not a truth that there is other truths out there, but it's all about what we believe and what we've been programmed to believe. So moving on to the second one, the good girl myth of perfection. Like I was saying, this is one that I think every single women, woman that I have worked with in the last eight years has struggled with the perfectionist mentality. I think us women especially struggle with that perfectionist or that all or nothing mentality because we put so much pressure on ourselves because society puts so much pressure on ourselves, right? We have so much pressure to look a certain way, to act and behave a certain way. So the myth of perfection is demanding perfection from yourself as well as others instead of embracing mistakes and the messiness of life. And again, this is such a big one that I see with clients because so many of them are so hard on themselves and expect perfection from themselves that they get so discouraged when they inevitably make a mistake, which mistakes are inevitable. They are a normal and expected part of life. So I think Making the decision to embrace mistakes and embrace the messiness of life is a game changer for so many clients that are working on a weight loss goal or a fitness related goal because you are going to fuck up. You are not a robot. You are a human being. But the thing is, is that those mistakes and those struggles that you go through are an opportunity for you to grow and evolve. So they are a good thing. I wouldn't want to be perfect. Perfect sounds incredibly boring. Like where's the growth there? Where's the learning there? I want to be able to have these life challenges so that I can grow. So I think a big part of challenging this myth of perfection is having more confidence in yourself, but also accepting yourself as a whole. And what accepting yourself as a whole means is it means that you love the parts of yourself that you value, that you find to be good qualities about yourself, that you celebrate, right? That you're proud of, but also accepting the parts of you 
that you maybe don't feel proud of and currently probably berate yourself for and feel a lot of self-loathing because you aren't perfect and there are things that you struggle with, when in reality, those things can be accepted. It's not that you necessarily have to like certain things about yourself, but you can accept that you are whole, that you have parts of you that you consider good and parts of you that you consider bad. But as a whole, you are enough. You are deserving. You are lovable. You are worthy. So number three is the good girl myth of logic, which just means that you are programmed to choose logic over your intuition, or you are programmed to choose intellect over your soul. Or, you know, we as women, we're, we're society, really men as well, are programmed to utilize their left brain more than their right brain. So the myth of logic says use rational thought, right? Critically think a decision. This is actually one that if I read this rule a few years ago, I probably wouldn't have really appreciated it. But over the past few years, I've gone on quite a spiritual journey. And I was never somebody that like growing up, I was not religious. I was not raised in a religious household. And so when I got into my 20s, like I didn't identify with any religion and I had never really experienced, like I didn't have a spirituality. I didn't, I would not have considered myself a spiritual person. I didn't have faith in myself or it or in anything outside of myself. So really it's been over the past decade and like that health and fitness journey, the spiritual aspect of it was so intertwined into everything I was doing to change my life. And really particularly over the past few years, I've started to explore my spirituality. And so this, this good girl myth of logic is something that has now become very near and dear to my heart because I can see what it means. I can see the application in my life. Over the past few years of getting more in tune with my inner dialogue, with my true self. And when I say inner dialogue, I don't mean all the thoughts that are coming up in my head throughout the day. Because the thing is, is all the thoughts that you're experiencing throughout the day, most of them are from that conditioning. Most of the thoughts that you experience, you were trained to think that way. So an example of this would be if I'm going out through, throughout my day and I catch myself having a thought. And let's say it was a negative thought. Maybe it was a, um, a thought about, you know, just my self-image. I was putting myself down. And now I'm able to have that thought and recognize, oh, you know, that's, that's not me talking. That's not Mallory. That's, you know, the voice that was developed from, you know, seeing my mom be really hard on herself when I was a kid, seeing her be very hard, hard on her body, being very negative, especially towards herself. So now I'm able to recognize what parts of my thoughts and beliefs are from programming, from external forces, and what is truly me and my soul and my beliefs and my opinions, what I value. I've really gotten clear over the past few years on what my identity is. And in getting clear on that identity, I've really strengthened this relationship with my intuition, where years ago, I never heard my intuition. I never, I didn't even know what that was. And now I'm in this place where I can tell when a thought or a feeling is an intuitive, is coming from my intuition, right? So it's this intuitive nudge, this gut feeling that, that pushes me in the right direction versus 
oh, well, you know, this is this is how I'm supposed to do things, right? Like making a decision out of, well, I think this is what I'm supposed to want to do, right? Because that's what I was trained to believe. Or is this what truly feels right to me, my heart, pushing away all the different voices in my head from that programming? What feels right to me, right and true to me? So that third rule, the um, good girl, or excuse me, that third myth, the good girl myth of logic is getting in tune with your intuition to make decisions for yourself, for your life from within instead of from the outside. So myth number four, the good girl myth of harmony. I relate to this one a lot. So the good girl myth of harmony is your conditioning to seek harmony instead of embracing conflict because conflict is necessary for growth and change. But for most of us women and other genders, we tend to want to keep away from conflict. We tend to want things to be peaceful and harmonious because we are afraid of making trouble. We are afraid of creating problems. And this is a myth because again, conflict is necessary. Having, like I said, with mistakes, with struggles, with challenges, with conflict, all of those things are necessary for our evolution. If you want to change and you want to better yourself, you have to be willing to get uncomfortable. You have to be willing to experience that discomfort. And one of my favorite affirmations that I use quite often that has especially been helpful for me in the last two years of like dealing with the postpartum depression and postpartum in general and running a business while having a baby, all of those things, I kept reminding myself, I kept affirming to myself, I am comfortable with discomfort. I am comfortable with discomfort and I am comfortable with the discomfort of success. I can handle stress and I can handle success. Those are all things that I continue to tell myself because I believe that to be able to achieve success and especially a high level of success in anything that you do in your life, you have got to be able to handle stress well. Success is stressful. Building something that is worthwhile, that gives you that feeling of success is going to require challenges. It's going to require conflict. It's going to require discomfort but you are capable of that discomfort. And so when we choose to keep things harmonious for the sake of not wanting to cause trouble, what we're doing is saying to ourselves, your needs are not enough. Your needs don't matter. And that's not true. Your needs are just as important as anybody else's, your partner, your friend, your family member. You have got to be willing to communicate not only with others, but also with yourself. When you are struggling with conflict within, you have got to be willing to get uncomfortable with yourself, to be self-aware and to go within and make those reflections, to observe like what's going on with me? Why am, why am I dealing with this conflict. And what will come from that is growth. You are capable of discomfort. You are comfortable being uncomfortable. So the last good girl myth is the good girl myth of sacrifice, which means that we as women and other genders, aside from men, are programmed to put other people's needs above our own at the expense of our well-being. 
That end part is the key right there. We put other people's needs in front of our own at the expense of our well-being. Listen, I am a mother. I am a wife. I have employees. I have clients. I have so many people that rely on me, so many people that I care for, that I am in charge of providing an environment for them that is safe, that is effective. And I do not take that responsibility lightly. There was a long, long time in my business and in my life as a parent and as a a provider, as a wife, that I did put everybody else in front of myself. And what I came to learn was that caring for others is a beautiful and important, wonderful part of life. As humans, we are wired to crave connection. We are wired to have community, to have love and connection with others. I love being a parent. I love caring for my children. I love being a partner to my husband and I love caring for him and showing up for him. I love doing that for my business, but I cannot do it at the expense of myself. And that is the important part. You have to make sure that your needs are met. It's the same example on an airplane when you're learning how to put the oxygen mask on and they tell you, put your oxygen mask on before you put somebody's somebody else's on because how are you going to help somebody else if you are not helping yourself how are you going to help somebody else breathe when you are not able to breathe on your own this one is so big to me and we actually talked about it i want to say it's podcast episode two or three it's a very early one where we talked about how people pleasing tends to be a common reason why people struggle with emotional eating. If you are a people pleaser, you probably struggle with emotional eating. You want to know why that is? You want to know why there's a correlation there? Because your life is designed for other people. The pleasure that you receive in life is caring for other people. So you are not filling up your cup. You are not pleasuring yourself, literally and symbolically. (laughs) But seriously, to be able to live a life of fulfillment, you have to create a life that pleases you. If your life is all about taking care of other people and it's not about taking care of yourself, that's not a life that you're probably super thrilled to live because it's not your life. It's a life of for other people. It's not you. It is not yours. It is their life now. You are essentially just a workhorse for other people. If you are constantly pouring yourself into others, if you're constantly sacrificing yourself for others, So when you don't have a fulfilling life, when you're burnt out, when you're constantly pouring from your cup, but you're never filling it up, yeah, it's going to make for a very likely situation that you turn to food for comfort. And also, let's talk about the exercise component, because how the hell are you supposed to have the energy or the motivation to want to go exercise and move your body when you're so depleted from spending all of your time and energy sacrificing for other people? So the good girl conditioning, the myth of rules, the myth of perfection, the myth of logic, the myth of harmony, and the myth of sacrifice. Remember, this is your conditioning. This is not your true identity. And discussing this topic is just a matter of bringing awareness to it. Because this is about building a life that isn't full of I have tos or I shoulds, but building a life where you 
want to, where you get to, where you are fulfilled and you are getting to live out your desires. So take some time today to reflect on how the good girl conditioning shows up in your life. Take some time to observe throughout today how you see these different myths come through for you. And take some time to really reflect on what the number one myth is that you identify with. I think for me, it would be probably sacrifice. That's definitely like I always say I'm a recovering people pleaser. I'm in recovery. It's a lifelong journey, but... I definitely think that my life has improved so much and and truly become my own life. And I feel so fulfilled and I feel so balanced because I am no longer sacrificing myself for other people. And that is what I hope that you can take from this episode, to design a life that is for you, that is by you, for you, and a life that you are absolutely tremendously in love with. Until next time. Thank you so much for tuning in today and I can't wait to see you next time.